Well, hey, Happy New Year, everybody. It is great to see you as we kick off our brand new series called Transformed. And to launch us into this new year, I want to ask you to open your program, pull out your outline for today's message. It's a light blue sheet. All the verses from the Bible that we're looking at are printed there for you. And there's a place to take some notes if if that's helpful for you. Now, I don't know how your new year got started, but can I tell you, I got to do already in this new year, I got to do some really cool things. First of all, on New Year's Day, I ran a 10K race, and I actually came in second, like second overall. Now, now only three people ran it, but I came in second. No, I, but I got to run a race, and then on January 4th, man, I got to experience this really cool God moment. Many of you know that Dory Smith, she leads our children's ministry uh, here at the Fremont campus, and she found out last fall that she has breast cancer. And man, they didn't waste any time. I mean, immediately you need surgery, you need to start chemo, and one of the things they told her is that as she goes through chemo that her hair is going to fall out. Well, you know, here's the cool thing. In our church, leading our children's ministry at our Hayward campus is a lady named Cheryl Price, and she does, she's a hairstylist. And so Dory called her and said, hey, Cheryl, could you, you know, my hair's starting to fall out. Could you, like, shave my head and could you cut my hair off? And so uh, Cheryl called me and she said, hey, Dory's coming in today. Pray for her. And I said, I'm going to do something better than that. I showed up and I surprised her. I wanted to give her this verse before she got her hair cut. In fact, it's the same verse printed on top of your outline. It's Isaiah 41.10 that says this, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I'll strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I'll uphold you in my righteous right hand. I said, Dory, before you get your hair cut, I want to give you this verse because I want you to know you're not alone. God is with you. Your church family has your back. We're we're, going to love you. We're going to walk through this together. And then, guys, I got to see, like, Cheryl Price didn't just cut her hair. With such grace and compassion, she just ministered to Dory. And, uh, you know, it's all gone. Shaved her whole head. And uh, tears streaming down Dory's face. It was such a God moment. When she was done, like, we all kind of had this hug, huddle, and then Dory's getting ready to leave. I said, well, well, Dory, you're not done yet. And she said, what do you mean? And Cheryl looked at me. She said, okay, your turn. And I jumped in the chair, and uh, Cheryl did this. So, guys, I just kind of wanted to, I wanted to show you because I was thinking, I was thinking, hey, new year, new hairdo. What do you think, all right? But I'm sharing all that because I want you to see this. Because the same verse that I gave to Dory, I give to you this new year. Because I want you to know that come what may in your life, your God promises to say, I will be with you, and I will help you, and I will support you. Friends, as you sit here today, you have a God who loves you, and you have a church family that cares about you. That's why I'm so excited about this brand new year because I don't know everything that you're going to face in 2018, but I do know your life is going to look like this. Your life, you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have good times and bad times. You're going to have some victories and some heartbreaks. Your life is going to look like this. And can I tell you, that's a good thing. 
Because if you go to a hospital and they hook you up to a heart monitor, you want your life to look like this, right? Because if it looks like this, that's not good, right? And as we launch into 2018, friends, you can launch into this new year with confidence and without fear. Because you have a God who is with you and who promises to help you, support you, and hold your head up. That's what I love about this new year. You know, new year is like a fresh start, a a new chapter, a a clean slate, if you will, right? When I think of new year, I think new year's looks a lot like this. New year's is kind of like a blank page. It's like God getting a chance to say, hey, I'm going to write a new chapter in your life. As I write your amazing love and faith story, or, or it's like God can take this blank page and he can fold it away. He can make a beautiful origami out of something that you put into his hands. Or he can paint a beautiful masterpiece. In fact, do you understand that's what God's doing in your life right now? Maybe you don't see it. Maybe you don't feel it. But that's what the Bible tells us. In fact, look what the Bible says in Ephesians 2.10 on your outline. This is what it says. For we are God's what? Masterpiece. Friends, you are an original created by God, made by God, and he created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can what? Do the good things he planned for us a long time ago. Can I tell you, in 2018, come what may, this is what I know about you, God has planned some good things to do in you and some good things to do through you. It's a new year, friends, filled with new opportunities. That's why at the very beginning of this new year, we're going to spend a lot of time as a church family. We're going to have services like this. We're going to meet in small groups. We're going to spend a lot of time dreaming big and asking God, God, what great things do you want to do in and through my life this year? God, in 2018, how do you want to grow me? How do you want to change me? How do you want to transform my life so I can do all the things and become all the masterpiece that you created me to be. And friends, throughout this series, I'm going to challenge you to do something that fewer and fewer and fewer people seem to be doing. Because each week in this message, I'm going to challenge you, make some goals, set some resolutions, write down a plan, dream some God-directed dreams. And here's why. I live with the same conviction as motivational speaker Zig Ziglar lives with. In fact, he said this on your outline. He who aims at nothing hits it every time. Guys, you don't want 2018 to be a nothing year. God has big dreams for you. Or I love the words of Ben Franklin. He said this, a failure failure to plan is a plan to fail. See, so many people, they just don't make plans anymore. They don't set goals. They, they don't, they've given up on resolutions. So many people, especially young people, become jaded and skeptical. And they say, well, why should I, why should I set a goal or make a resolution that I know in two weeks I'm going to do nothing about it anyways, right? In fact, I was doing some research on resolutions. And so much of the material out there is almost like this skeptical Uh, poke fun at resolutions like these cartoons I want to show you. First one, maybe you've seen this one. Lady holds up a blank sheet. This is a list of all the resolutions that I actually think can happen, right? Or what about maybe some of you, I thought this next one was funny. 
that says, you know, this year I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to go on a diet and stick with it. Is that cake? <laughs> you know, I want to do good things, but I know I'm going to be eating cake, right? Or this last one, maybe you can resonate with this one. My New Year's resolution <laughs> is to stop lying to myself about lifestyle changes. See, all of those, you, you go on Google and you do New Year's resolutions, so many of them, they illustrate this sentiment that so many people believe that real and lasting change is not really possible. And even some of you sitting here today, some of you, you believe that about yourself. You go, you know, I'm never going to change. It's just who I am. You know, it's just, it's just who I am. You know, and they go, and they believe it about themselves. They'll say, you know what, I'm always going to be a and then you fill in the blank, an angry person, a broken person, an addicted person. I'm always going to be in debt. I'm always going to be stressed out. Things want, and some of you, you're not only believing that for you, some of you are believing that for other people. Some of you are believing that for your marriage. Oh, my marriage will never change. You know, my wife will never change. That's just the way she is. She grew up that way. Or my boss will never change, or my kids will never change. So many people live with this mindset that they don't believe that lasting change is really possible. But friends, this morning, I want to do everything I can by my words and by my life to challenge you because I know for a fact that Jesus Christ can totally transform your life and make you into a masterpiece that glorifies God and blesses others. Did you hear me? Jesus can make you into a masterpiece so much so that your life glorifies God and blesses others. And friends, I know it's true. In fact, look on your outline. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This is the first verse I ever memorized. I was a brand new baby Christian and I had so much brokenness and mess in my life and I wanted God to change me. And this is the first verse I ever memorized. This is what it says, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This means that anyone who what? Belongs to Christ. Anyone that belongs to Christ has become a what? New person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Would you underline that phrase, anyone who belongs to Christ? You see, the Bible teaches that any person, including you, any person who puts their faith and trust in Jesus and commits to follow him, that God will take their life, he'll forgive their sins, he'll adopt them into his family, he'll give them a new beginning, he'll give them the gift of eternal life. Now capture this, he'll also give his Holy Spirit to come live inside of you, to give you a new power source and a new purpose to do your life God's way. Here's the result. When you belong to Christ, that's when God begins the transformation. Have you given your life to Christ? And friends, can I tell you, I know it's legit. I know it's lasting. I've seen it in my own life, but can I tell you, I've seen it a hundred times over. I've seen, I mean, so many, I've seen people who are overweight and out of shape become marathon runners. I've seen people who, whose marriage was this close to divorce. They ended up renewing their vows because, because of God's help, they fell more in love and became more committed to each other than ever before. 
I've seen someone over tens of thousands of dollars in debt. God helped them get their finances together. And today, they live a life of generosity and helping others. I've seen God transform an atheist into an evangelist. I've seen God take someone who was crippled by fear and anxiety and now is courageously leading others to follow Christ. And friends, you know where those people are? Well, do this for me. Go, go like this with your neck. Go. Because they're sitting all around you. There are people right here in this church. You can talk to them. And they would be the first to tell you, my life began to change when I committed my heart to trust and follow Christ. And I don't just want to talk about transformation. I want you to, to see it in real life. So I'm going to ask our very own worship uh, director, J.D., to come and tell you his story of transformation. J.D., come join us. Here's the cool thing. J.D., man, he not only, you know, can play and sing, and, but the man behind the guitar, man, God changed his life, and now he wants to live to let God use him. So let's welcome him. I love you, man. I love serving with you. Thanks, Pastor Paul. Hey, everyone. I'm JD. I'm the worship director here. I serve at staff, on staff at Crossroads, and I'm so excited to be able to share my story with y'all. Um, so I, if you don't know me yet, um, I wasn't really a very confident kid growing up. I was actually very shy, insecure. Um, I had really bad acne, and I was very, very conscious of how people viewed me and how I looked to people. Um, so that didn't give me a lot of confidence when I was a young guy. Um, and obviously this is around my teenage years. I don't know if any of y'all relate with that. Um, but God actually used someone in my life, a relative, who came and spoke to me at just the right time. And uh, she came in and she, she basically uh, shared the gospel message with me and she rescued me out of kind of like my hopelessness, out of my, my knowledge of, of all I knew was that I didn't look very handsome. I, I, I would probably never meet or marry anybody. That's how I felt. Um, and it was a big deal for me at the time, but uh, God really stepped in at the right time. And uh, I don't know if you all have a relative. If any of you have, has a relative, specifically an aunt, who does never stop talking, does anybody have that? Sounds like it. All right, if, you, if you're here with her today, don't raise your hand. Okay, just want to say that. Um, so, so basically, my aunt stepped in, and she had just received Jesus, and she wanted to share that message of hope, of, uh, of life with me. And uh, that's what she did. And she really did a great job because, um, like, I'm here today because of her sharing the message with me of Jesus. And if you don't know what the gospel is, the gospel is this. It's basically God loved us so much that he sent his son to save us, to rescue us so that we shouldn't die, but we should have everlasting life. And I'm so glad that, that she shared that with me, that she had the courage to do that, because I'm standing here today with this story um, and with a hope and knowing that I have a future. Um, and I can point also to my, my family, my loving wife, wonderful Vanessa, and my little baby, super chubby-faced Sayla. Um, I'm so in love with them, just, uh, just so you know. Um, my aunt also had two boys that she, that I grew up around, and they were my, they're kind of like my idols. If you ever had older cousins who were just the coolest, they were the coolest. Um, but they weren't saved. They weren't, they didn't know Jesus yet. When they heard the message, that's when things started to change. Uh, life transformed for them. God transformed them into men who, who served the church, 
into men who, who loved people around them, loved their community, served their community. And, uh, and they really, their transformed lives became an inspiration for me. Uh, again, this shy, insecure, uh, hopeless kid, not knowing how to play anything. I, I looked to them, saw them leading worship. I saw them leading people. And it made me want to change my life and be better and do something um, just as amazing as they were. So I followed them into ministry that way. And God started shaping my heart to be able to pick up a guitar, to play music, and to do what I do today uh, because of examples like that. These guys were, were amazing um, in my life. They, these were small, defining moments, from my aunt to my cousins, my, my, my older brother types leading me there. And eventually, I gave my life to Christ because of them, and I got baptized. And that uh, was a big moment for me. Um, so what, my whole reason for sharing my story today is... Uh, is for you guys to know that God can take anyone. He can use anyone um, from someone who, who had no business picking up a guitar or playing or singing and turning them around and shaping them into someone who, who, could, who could lead worship or who could lead a community um, along with, with in, in Christ. And so he replaced all my hopelessness, all my, all my um, vision, futureless, everything about my future. He replaced it with, with joy. He replaced it with life. And I'm here today because of that. I gave my heart to Jesus. He began to shape me. He began to mold me into a completely different person. Now, I really, really, really love people. I love serving, I love serving this community. I love serving on staff with our, our awesome pastors. Um, man, can you just give a clap for Pastor Paul and for, for just the story he shared earlier with Dory? That's the kind of man, that's the kind of pastor that, that I'm so proud to serve with. Um, and again... Uh, I wouldn't be here if God hadn't changed my life. And so I'm, I'm really grateful for, for my, my aunt who shared, who didn't stop talking again. And she, she never let me go. She never let, me, never let up on me. And she, she really played an integral part in giving my life saved. Um, so today, um, I'm just sharing with you that my life's purpose, I found my life's purpose. I know that my life is more than just to be, to be alive but it's to live in community, it's to serve others, it's to love Christ, and to lead others to loving Christ. Um, so I want to encourage you today, if you're here, if you've never heard the message of Christ, I want to challenge you to take that step. I want to challenge you to, to be bold and trust in him the way that I trusted in him, the way that I trusted in him after seeing transformation, after transformation in life. I have one last thing that I wanted to share, and that's this, is that, again, my life was pretty much an empty, void canvas. It was blank. Um, I could really say that. And then when, once God came in, he began to paint. Again he's, a, again, he's the master artist. He painted a masterpiece. He painted these beautiful skies. He painted stars in those skies over my life. And now that's what I feel like my life is. Thank you, J.D. Hey, guys, I'm so glad that Jesus changed JD's life. I'm so glad he changed my life. But I want to talk to you about your life and your transformation. I want to give you like a transforming truth that's so foundational that I hope you'll write this down. It's there on your outline. It goes like this. God loves me just as I am. God loves me just as I am, but... God loves me too much to leave me here. Do you, do, do you see it? Do you get it? 
See, friends, can I tell you, God loves you. As you sit here today, God loves you just as you are. You don't have to change a thing. You don't have to, like, get your act together, clean up your act, pull yourself up by your bootstraps to finally get in a place where God's going to finally accept and love. God loves you just as you are. But do you know the very nature of love? Love is really wanting the very best for someone and doing everything in your power to see it come about. And because of that, God gave his best. He gave Jesus for you to forgive you and save you. But he also wants to bring the very best out of your life. He's making a masterpiece. So he's not going to leave you alone, and he's not going to leave you where at. He's, gonna, he's like on a mission to work on your life. And this is what the mission is. It's right there in the Bible in Romans 8, 29, and it says this. For from the very beginning, God decided that those who came to him, and all along he knew who, who would, should what? Become like what? His son. See, God's on a mission, friends. In fact, write this down on the bottom of your outline. God is on an all-out mission to make me like Christ. To make me like Christ. And becoming like Christ simply means that you begin to see people through Jesus's eyes. You begin to love people with Jesus's heart. You begin to serve people with Jesus's hands so that when people get to know you and they see your life, they begin to see Jesus in you. Kind of reminds me of the story of a, of a mom who had two little boys and she was trying to teach her small children to behave like Christ. And one morning, she's making them pancakes for breakfast, and the boys, they wake up, they're starving, and the boys start fighting over who's getting the first plate of pancakes. And so the mom's thinking, oh, teachable moment right here. So she says, okay, boys, if Jesus was here, Jesus would say, hey, brother, I love you. You get the first plate of pancakes. And so one of the brothers looks at the other, and he said, okay, brother, I love you. You you be Jesus. <laughs> you be Jesus, because I want the pancakes, right? Hey, friends, I tell you that story because as your pastor in 2018, my challenge to you is you be Jesus. You grow in the character of Christ. You work to become, but how does that happen? Does it mean try harder? And work? How does God transform me? Well, turn your outline over, and I want to share with you God's transformation plan. In fact, this is so important that, that over the next seven weeks, every single message, we are going to talk about this plan from Romans 12 2. And my challenge to you for the new year is if you're going to memorize one verse, memorize Romans 12 2. In fact, to help us like really get this, I'm going to ask you to all stand up right now. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to say this verse, we're going to say it out loud together, and then we'll talk about it. Romans 12, 2. Ready? Go. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Awesome, guys. You may be seated. Let me tell you why this verse is so important for you in 2018. This is what it tells you. It says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world. What this means is, is it's telling you, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. 
Don't buy the lies that your worth is based on how much you have and how much money you make or your outward appearance. And don't be consumed with a self-centered life. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. And that's important, friends, because it doesn't say transform yourself. It doesn't say try harder, do better, get it together. When it says be transformed, it means cooperate with God's work in your life. Take steps of faith, take steps of obedience, trust how he's working, work and allow God to work in and through you. Be transformed by what? The renewing of what? Guys, I'm trying, I mean, (laughs) this is for you. So come on, get, let, let's get into, be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Do you know why this is so important? Because the main way that God changes us is by changing our minds. The main way that God changes us is by changing our minds. Let me ask you, have you ever made a wrong decision? You ever made a bad choice? You ever come to a wrong conclusion? All of us, Right? None of us are omniscient. None of us have all wisdom and knowledge. That's why we have to have our minds changed because, friends, you know what you think determines what you do. In fact, on your outline, another way of saying it is what I believe determines how I behave. In fact, let me give you a funny little example, true story of at a wedding. Man, the wedding, the church is all decorated nice. The tuxes and the dresses and the flowers, they're getting very, I mean, a big show, a big production. And the groom comes in and the wedding party, but the, but the bride doesn't steal the show. The little boy with the pillow in the tux, with the rings on the pillow, he walks in and he starts walking down the aisle. And about every five steps, he stops and he goes, <laughs> <laughs> And everybody's like, like you, like, at first, like, what, what? And pretty soon, the whole church is laughing at this little boy. And nobody's thinking about how beautiful the bride is. No one hears a word the pastor says. And at the reception, everybody's going, man, did you see that? Did you see that little kid? And the mom asked the little boy, honey, why were you growling at people? And the little boy said, well, mommy, the, the lady told me that I was the ring bearer. <laughs> see? What he thought determined what he did. What he believed about himself determined how he... Now, now, friends, true story. That really happened. But let me give you another example. Maybe this will hit a little closer to home. If you believe that your happiness is based on how much stuff you can get, man, it'll affect how you behave. You'll become a driven person. You'll open your life usually to a mountain of debt. And you'll live a constant life of dissatisfaction with what you already have. And it will affect how you look at yourself and look at the value of other people. And it will consume you. Because what I believe determines how I behave. And the truth is, you've already admitted, we we are all susceptible to what I call stinking thinking, right? We don't think about life and the world correctly. We have to have our minds changed. And in the midst of a world that tells you this, you've been fed this so many times in your mind. You, some of you, you've adopted this. The world tells you, if it feels good, do it. Look out for number one. He who dies with the most toys wins. 
You have your rights. I mean, all these thoughts. And in a world that believes all this stuff, God is saying very lovingly and very gently, repent. Repent. See, that word repent, most of you think of someone standing up on a box yelling at people, repent. But the word repent, write this down. The word repent literally means to change your mind. To change your mind. This is, this is so key. Because repent means instead of thinking my way and looking at my life through my limited self as lenses, I'll learn to think about life and decisions God's way based on God's word because this is what I know about God's thoughts. Look at what it tells us in Isaiah 55, 8 on your outline. It says this, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Can I tell you, again, as we launch into 2018, if you will do this, it will change you. And it will change everything. It will transform your life. Because instead of you telling God what you think and what you want and then trying to twist God's arm to do your will, you'll stop fighting God and you'll say, wait a second, God, your thoughts are perfect. And you created me. And you have a plan and purpose for my life. So God, what do you want to do in my life? What's your plan? What's your purpose? What's your will? And when you live that way, friends, it changes the whole direction of your life. See, you're, you're like right at a crossroads. You're at crossroads right now, right? But you're at a crossroads at this new year. And how you think will determine where you'll end up. God, I want a new job. I want a new you know, uh, a new partner, I want a new this, I want, I want you to do this, I want you to do that. God, let me tell you my agenda, my plan. That will take you down this road. God, you made me. You love me. You have a plan. You're, what do you want done? How are you working? How do you want to grow? How do you, two different total places. I don't know about you. I want that road. I want God to do a work of changing and transforming my life. Friends, uh, and so, so here's the message right here. Right there in your outline. Here's what it says. To be transformed in 2018, I need God. I like you who, like, you can fill in the blanks in advance, right? You knew. In 2018, I need God. I love what Proverbs 16, 9 says from the message. We plan the ways we want to live, but only God makes us able to live it. Do you know, for God to transform you in 2018, you're going to need three things from God. I hope you write these down. First of all, for me to be the masterpiece God made me to be, number one, I need God's spirit to empower me. I need God's spirit to empower me because we're not talking about making changes based on willpower, but on God's power. Friends, that's why all your New Year's resolutions fail. You're trying to tell God what you want, and you're, most of it's based on guilt. Well, I, you know, I gained weight over the holidays. I feel fat and out of shape. I, my, my goal, I'm going to get in shape. Or I'm going to do it. Friends, listen for God. What do you want to do in my life right now? How are you? You listen to God. And it's not by willpower, but by God's power. It's not by trying harder. It's by trusting what God says in Zechariah 4, 6. You will not succeed by your own strength or power, but what? By my spirit, 
says the Lord. I need God's Spirit to empower me. Secondly, I need God's Word to guide me. I need God's Word to guide me. Friends, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. Do you know, let's be honest. How many of you, honestly, in your heart, man, you want 2018 to be a great year? Like you want to experience success and bless. Do you know one of the only promises in all the Bible for that to happen comes from Joshua 1.8? Look at what it says here. This was when God was telling Joshua to lead his people in the promised land. This is what he told him in Joshua 1.8. Keep this book of the law, the Bible, always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you'll be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be what? Prosperous and successful. Friends, the Bible. The Bible is filled. How you renew your mind? The Bible is God's word, God's heart, God's thoughts. And you take the Bible and you put it in here. You fill your mind with the Bible. It will push out all the junk. And pretty soon your mind will be renewed. And then you'll prove what God's will is. God's perfect, pleasant, powerful will for your life. I need God's word to guide me. And then number three, write this down. I need God's people to support me. Because can I tell you, God's dream for your life, it's bigger than just you. And you can't do it by yourself. You're going to need support. You're going to need help. God made us in such a way, not only do we need him, we need each other. And this is so important. That's why we're constantly pushing you to get in a group. Because you're going to need support in 2018. And guess what? The crowd can't support you. Look around this room. You're surrounded by great people. But to be honest, this crowd cannot support you. But a small group of three, five, seven people, they can know when you're having a bad week. They can know when you're going through a deep struggle. They can pray for you. They can encourage you. Friends, Ecclesiastes 4.12 from the message version says, by yourself, you're unprotected. But with a friend, you can face the worst. And a group of three is even better because a rope braided by three strands is not easily snapped. During this next seven-week series, we're going to encourage you, get in a group because if you will, you know what will happen to you? You'll be empowered by God's Spirit because you'll be praying together in your group. You'll be guided by, God, by God's Word because you'll open up the Bible and you'll be talking about these messages together and you'll be supported by God's people from those who come to your group that you're in. This is why it's so key. Let me, let me see if I can wrap this up and put it all together. As I was preparing for this message, I read this article that was entitled, What to Do When You're Going Through Hell. And it just caught my eye because, friends, I have some family members right now. I have some close friends. We have some church family members that right now they're going through hell. And so this article, what to do when you're going through hell. And can I sum up the article in two words? This is what they said. Keep going. When you're going through hell, keep going. They said, don't pitch a tent. Don't set up camp. Don't buy a condo and decide to live there. 
God wants to help you not just get out and get through and get by. But you know, in 2018, God wants to teach you to fly. Let me tell you this one true story, and then we'll close with prayer. This guy was hiking in the woods with his son. And as they're hiking through some trees, on one little branch, they saw a little cocoon hanging on a twig. And he thought, oh, man, this would be so cool. So he kind of snapped off the branch, brought it home. They put it in a mason jar, popped a couple of holes in the top. And they said, hey, son, we're going to be able to watch a butterfly be born. And so they watched. Like every day he'd run home from school and he'd look. And for a lot of times it seemed like nothing was happening. But then one day he came home and the cocoon was moving a little bit. Hey, Dad, Dad, come here, come here, come here. They came in and the cocoon started moving so violently that the little boy got afraid, like, Dad, Dad, I think it's dying. we got to help it. we got to help it. And so the dad went in his desk drawer. He took out a little pen knife, a little X-Acto knife. And he took that cocoon and he cut a little slit in the side very carefully. Well, as soon as he did, that cocoon just opened up and this wing popped out. And then another wing popped out and this little butterfly started walking around on the desk. And man, they were so excited. Dad, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. That was amazing. But it just kept walking on the desk and it didn't fly. And the boy said, Dad, what's wrong? Why is it not flying? What's wrong with this butterfly? And Dad thought, well, maybe, maybe the wings just need to dry a little bit. But they waited and it never flew. And their next door neighbor was a science teacher, like a biology teacher. So I called him and I said, hey, um, help me figure out what's going on. I told him we found this cocoon, we put it in a mason jar, and then it was struggling, and then I cut a little slit, and the science teacher said, oh, that's it. He said, it's in the cocoon. It's, it's the struggle in the cocoon where the butterfly builds the strength to fly. Friends, could it be that you're here today and maybe you're going through hell. Could it be that God, he's going to use that struggle to strengthen you. And he's going to do it by his word, by his spirit, by his people. But in the end, I promise you, you won't just get by. In 2018, friends, you're going to fly. You're going to fly. And I want to pray for that for you right now. Because Philippians 1.6 promises us this. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work in you will continue to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this new year, this time of fresh starts and new beginnings. Lord, we open up our lives to receive your love and your life change. Thank you that you accept us right where we're at but you love us too much to leave us here. So God, I just, I humbly ask you, God, renew my mind. Help me to begin to see life through your eyes and to, to think your thoughts guided by your word. And then if you'd be brave enough to pray these words, would you say, God, I give you permission to change whatever needs to be changed so that by your spirit, by your word, by your people, I'll learn to fly in 2018. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.